If you have your Westover app, I invite you to join me. And if you have a print Bible, join me in 1 Samuel chapter 10. We're in a series right now entitled, Refresh the Presence of the Holy Spirit. And we're asking God to do just that at Westover, refresh the presence of the Holy Spirit. And in this series, I'm preaching on this subject for a few weeks, and that is the empowerment by the Spirit. Can I say in every one of our lives, every Christ follower, God intends that you be empowered by his Spirit. God wants to flow in your life. God wants to do something. And there are moments when just reading Scripture and, and applying God's principles, that works over a, over a period of time. But sometimes we need, a, we need a deliverance breakthrough moment. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life in a moment. Well, let me, let me unpack it this way. Blessing, and many of us, we're blessed. God gave you a new job. God gave you a promotion. God helped you with school. You got the, you, you got the scholarship. You, you've been upgraded. You got a, you, you, you've got a new opportunity. There's, there's good things happening in your business. The family's doing well. You're, you're seeing the blessing of God. Blessing is God flowing into our lives. Power is God flowing out of our lives. And many of us in the room would have to say, yes, God's blessed me. That's God flowing in your life. But God also wants to flow out of our lives. Let me illustrate it this way. I, I, I brought a, a, a jar here like you go to the store. Now, ladies, have you ever been in the, in the kitchen and you're opening up that jar for the first time and you can't open it? Can I tell you? Always call your husband. We like to slay giants, and we like to open cans and uh, jars that you can't open. There is something about, honey, I can't do that. And you come in, and, you know, we, for a moment, we feel like Samson. You know, for a moment, we just we feel like the strong man in the house. And opening that up, we feel like we've slayed a, dry in, a dragon for you. We just feel like we have done something great. So to be able to open that jar and present it to you, and then you can go about making whatever you want to make. You see, you can have the jar. You can have the jar, but you can't taste it. There's a moment when you need more than just instruction. You need, you need more than just encouragement. You need help. You need the power, the ability to open that. Now, complaining about the jar will not open it. Complaining about it, talking about it won't open it. You can move from the kitchen into the garage, and it still won't open under your own power. You can move into the bedroom. You can move outside. You can, you can change locations. And sometimes church people do. Well, if I just go to that church, maybe I could open the jar of my life. I could get something better. And we, we change location. There is a moment we need the enablement, the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. You'll never taste God's greatest unless you experience the enablement the power of the holy spirit in our lives god wants to bring his enablement his empower into our life and there is a setting in scripture i want to read you i uh, read to you about saul in the old testament and in this story while god is describing events and sometimes we read in the old testament we think these are just a good story anytime god 
describes something, God is prescribing something. God's drawing a picture in order to show you an insight or a principle. And here in the life of Saul, God is speaking to us. And I think it gives us an insight about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So let's go to chapter number 10. I'd first like to say that Saul has already been anointed king of Israel. He's been selected. God's already touched him. God's already singled him out. So God's already working in his life. And now that brings us to verse number five and following. Samson speaks, excuse me, Samuel speaks to Saul and says, after you go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost, as you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high places with lyres, timbrels, pipes, harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. Notice verse number six. Then the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. Anytime in Scripture you see the word spirit and it's capitalized, it refers to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here it's capitalized. The Holy Spirit will come powerfully upon you. In other words, you can have the Holy Spirit, but not have the Holy Spirit in a powerful way. There are levels, levels of the enablement of the Holy Spirit. When you approach, the Holy Spirit will come powerfully upon you and you will be prophesying with them. And you will be changed into a different person. Did you notice that? I hear people from time to time say, oh, I can't do that. I just don't have it in me. I'm burned out. I don't have the energy. I don't have the want to anymore. Oh, I, I, don't, I, I don't have the creativity. I don't have the self-discipline. I, I just don't have the insight. I can't pass that class. Or I can't be an outgoing person. I can't bit, get past this experience. I can't get beyond this moment. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, as it did Saul, the Bible says, and you will be changed into a different person. God can change who you are. God can complete what's missing in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse number seven. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Let me explain. Things that you normally couldn't do, under the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll do them, and you'll be able to function in them. Classes you couldn't pass, you can comprehend. Moments you could not have the strength to do. You didn't have the emotional energy to do it. God will give you the energy. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you powerfully, you will have the energy, the enablement to do what you couldn't do before. It will, become, it will become achievable in your life. Verse number nine. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. And all of these signs were fulfilled that day. God changed his heart. Why did God change and how did God change his heart? By the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon him. And with that, I'd like to say, every Christ follower, every believer, we have the opportunity for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us in our lives. Now, in this text, there's some insights. One insight from last week, I'm not going to spend time on. It's found in verse number five. And I referenced last week, and we talked about the invitation to the Spirit. The invitation to the Spirit. Did you notice at the beginning of verse number five, it says this, and they came to Gibeah of God. 
What's significance about that? Saul lived in Gibeah. That was his home. That's where he lived. And it's called in the text, Gibeah of God. Every other place in the Bible, it's referred to either as Gibeah or Gibeah of Saul. And it went from Gibeah of Saul to Gibeah of God. Remember, God's describing something. Here's what God is saying. When you say to the Holy Spirit, Mikasa Sukasa, you're welcome in this place. When we give the Holy Spirit an invitation, the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit's power only works at the invitation that we give God. God will enter any room you open up in your life. Which brings me to my second point. We'll begin the message today. And I'm going to call this revelation by the Spirit. Revelation. God will reveal things to you. Many of us need a revelation by the Spirit. Many of us, many of us need an insight by the Holy Spirit. And, and with the empowerment comes a revelation by the Spirit. It's found in verse, verse number 5. It says, and when you go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. Did you notice that in the text? Where there is a Philistine outpost. Who are the Philistines? The Philistines were the arch enemy of the people of Israel. They, they were a bloodthirsty people. They are equi- equivalent to the ISIS today. You can't negotiate with the Philistines like you can't negotiate with ISIS. They're out for total destruction. They're not going to neg- negotiate. They're out to destroy you. That was the Philistines. The Philistines had invaded the land of Israel, and by sword and brutality, they were conquering villages and seizing property and murdering the people. But the Philistines had invaded the south. For those who have been to the Holy Land with us, you'll remember we went to the valley of, of Elah where David fought Goliath. That is in the southern region. But now we're in the northern region. We're by Gibeah, where there is a Philistine outpost. In other words, Saul did not know the Philistines had migrated to the north. He was not aware that in the north, the Philistines were moving up and seizing territory. And by the power and the insight of God, God says that near your home, there is an outpost of the Philistines. For you see, under the power of the Holy Spirit, God begins to give us insight, reveals to us the trickery and pranks of Satan. Today, you and I as Christ followers, we're living in a society that there is a Philistine outpost in America today, and it's in culture. Culture is doing everything it can to redefine biblical values, It's trying to redefine the family. It's trying to uh, redefine identity. Satan has moved in, and he's trying with his lies and deception and under the guise of political correctness to get us to accept lifestyles, thinking, and values that are contrary to the Bible. There is a Philistine outpost in our land, and many of us do not see it. But under the power of the Holy Spirit, we begin to see things and discern what the enemy's doing in our land. Parents, you need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need to discern what's behind some of those rap lyrics that are vulgar. We sing them and our kids sing them and realize it's promoting a value and a lifestyle that is contrary to what God has. The Holy Spirit will will reveal to you the trickery of the enemy. The Holy Spirit will 
will try to trick you to give up on God's purpose, on, on the family, to, on the values that God has. We need to know the trickery of the enemy. Every parent needs to be filled with the Spirit to have the discernment of God. So when your teenager comes in and that little electronic device that we give them, even when they're in elementary and middle school, it has brought the world to them. And we need to know and we need to discern in this day, how are we going to parent and instill values? Can I, can I just share with you? The Holy Spirit will reveal to you. He'll just let you parents, parents, you'll know in your knower. Your, your, your son or daughter say, why do I have to do that? Or why can't I do that? And you're just going to say, I just know it. I just know it. The Holy Spirit has given you that insight. Number two today, I want to share with you concerning the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Not only is there revelation by the Spirit, there is celebration in the Spirit. Celebration in the Spirit. Notice verse number five. I'm going to read the latter part of that. And Samuel says to Saul, as you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high places with lyres, timbrels, pipes, harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. This is the first marching band we have in the Bible. They go to going to Gibeah, and all of a sudden from the high places, there was a band playing. They were worshiping. And coming down from the worship moment, they were continuing their worship. Oh, I like that. Worship is not just for the service. And then by Sunday night, Netflix has taken over our life. Can I tell you, we should carry in worship. God wants to invade our life. God wants to be a part of our life. They're, they're coming, and as Saul approaches Gibeah, here is a marching band coming. Did you notice there were four instruments that are mentioned? Why four? Oh, as you read scripture, sometime you read one of the Psalms and it says this Psalm is to be played with a, with a flute. This Psalm is to be played with a 10 stringed instrument. It gives you the tempo. It gives you the mood, the ambiance of that particular song. The Bible says that there was a band. There was a, there was a harp, lyre, pipes, uh, as timbrels were being played. It's a celebration moment. Just the mention of the musical instruments gives us an insight. This is a celebration. I want you to think of a marching band. It's a celebration moment. It's a worship moment. There is a worship moment in the spirit God wants to call his people into. That through worship... God moves by his power and his able, enablement in our life. Jars, if you please, you couldn't open before. Under the enablement and the worship of the Spirit, you open it. God gives you the ability to overcome emotions, fears, hesitancy, inhibitions you couldn't before. I find it significant the Bible does not mention what song they were singing. Remember, Saul is king. David is not yet king of Israel. They do not have all of the Psalms and the book of Psalms together. More than likely, the Psalms that David had authored were not the songs they were singing. 
There are Psalms in the book of Psalms. Some were written by Moses. Perhaps that was one of them. There were some written by the sons of Korah. Perhaps that was some of them. We don't know which song they were singing. What does that teach us? It is saying that God's not interested in your playlist. God's interested in your praise life. And sometimes we say, you know what, I just can't, I can't worship with that song. I, that's not my style. They, they sometimes lead in worship at church in songs I don't like. And I really won't respond with those kind of songs. Can I tell you something about God? He has this curious notion that worship is all about him. God has this idea, worship is not about me. It's not about us. God has the idea, worship is all about him. And here they're worshiping. God does not even tell us which song. And here's what's saying, doesn't matter the song. It matters whether the life is worshiping and celebrating before the Lord. And the Bible tells us here, coming down from the high place. There was a worship experience up there they were carrying down. Three years ago, in fact, I looked at my notes the other day to verify it was three years ago this month. I gathered the worship team together, all of the band, all of the, the, the musicians together, all the worship team. And I said, I want to have a moment with you. And I shared with them. I shared with the worship team at that particular time three years ago. I told them, the next great move of God. Now, we've had, we have great services, God moves, and sometimes extraordinary moments. But I sensed the next great move of God that Westover experience will experience. It will flow through worship. And I talked to the band, and I talked to the musicians, and I talked to the worship leaders. Always step on the platform. Function under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let God use you. Be a channel for God to work through. I announced that to them three years ago, and I've been praying. Oh, we've had some great moments at times, but in my heart I say, it's not what God's going to do. There's something more. And I have been yearning and praying, God, do it. God, pour out your spirit, and I know it's going to happen through worship. Denise and I, just a few days ago, we, we were in Europe for a missions conference. We're flying back to the United States. We have a nine-hour flight. Denise, that when we fly, she likes to get a comfortable spot and she may take a, a small nap and they'll serve her their food and she'll watch a movie and relax and sometimes play. She, she crushes candy on her thing and she's doing all of, she's playing all these games. She's just, just spending the time. I, I'm not a game player and I'm not a really a movie person on the plane and I really don't even like to eat on the plane, so I, I didn't even eat. I'd, I didn't watch a movie. I, I'm not going to play a game. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to read the Bible and study. And for seven and a half hours, I just spent time reading the Bible and studying and just giving myself time to listen to the Lord. And I felt God whisper in my spirit, when you get back to San Antonio, God's going to send an open heaven. 
God's going to send an open heaven. God's, God spoke to my heart that, that what we've been praying for, God's going to bring. God's going to begin to move in worship in new ways. God's going to heal people in worship. God's going to fill people with the Spirit during worship. God's going to change hearts. God's going to move. God's going to heal families during worship. And my expectation went up. And the series of messages I was going to preach during the month of July and August, I set them aside. I'll just preach them next year. And I just began to study and say, God, if that's what you're doing, I'm going to get in the lane and I'm going to preach it. I'm going to lead this church in the move of God that God wants to do. And the Lord spoke to my heart. If we Westover, if you individually and me individually, if we will move into God's presence with praise, God will move in our life with power. God will change hearts. God can change your heart. If you will allow God, the presence of the Holy Spirit can bring radical change into our lives. There is a verse in Isaiah 59, 19. And when I quote it in a moment, many of you are going to remember this verse because you've read it and quoted it and stood on it as a promise of God. The most frequent way it's quoted is the King James Version. The King James Version has kind of has captured that verse, and it's, it's that verse that we refer to. You probably have heard it referenced at some time. But let me just say in re- about Isaiah 59, 19, the Old Testament written in Hebrew, and one thing about the Hebrew language, there are no punctuation marks. There are no commas. There are no periods. And when the English translators began to translate the Bible and bring it into English, they placed a comma in this verse. And most scholars believe, in retrospect, it was placed, the comma was placed in the wrong position in the verse. It should have been placed two words earlier in the verse. And when you read it and the different ways with the comma, it says something different. For example, here's the way it is in the King James Version. Quote, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. However, most scholars believe that comma should be two words earlier and the verse should read like this. When the enemy shall come in, Like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against him. When the enemy comes in with discouragement and depression and hopelessness, when the enemy comes in with temptation, when the enemy comes in with his lies and his deceptions, like a flood, the Spirit of God raises a standard and pushes the enemy out of your life. The power, the enablement of God flows through our life. And if we will give God access to our heart, God will move in power in our life. And some of us were frustrated and we're beat up and we're discouraged and we're fatigued because we're doing it on our own. Yes, God has blessed you. That's God flowing in your life. And here's what God is saying. I want to flow out of your life in power. I want to do something fresh in your life. The Bible tells us in verse number five, it says, and as you approach the town. Did you notice that in verse number five? As you approach the town. 
I read that over and over again, and I began to ask the Lord, why is that phrase in there as you approach the town? You could read the verse without that phrase, and the verse makes complete sense. So God, why did you put in verse number five the sentence, as you approach the town? God is talking to us about an atmosphere an atmosphere as you even approach, even as you move in, as you begin to hear the sound of worship, as you hear the instruments, even as you move into the atmosphere of worship, things begin to change. Things begin to alter. And as you move in there, you will hear the sound of worship. And then verse number six says this, then the Spirit of God came powerfully upon Saul. The then of verse number six attaches to verse number five. When you're in worship, you move into worship. Then, then the Holy Spirit comes powerfully upon you. In a moment, we're going to worship. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to worship. I'm going to, the Holy Spirit's going to invite you to worship. You may want to worship down here on the altar. You may want to worship where you are right now. I'm not going to tell you how to worship. You don't have to worship like mine. It doesn't have to sound like me. But I'm going to call us to worship in a genuine and authentic way and invite the power of the Holy Spirit. But you've got to come into the moment. You know, you can be here and not be here. You can be here and be on Facebook. You can be here and be thinking about what you need to do tomorrow. You can be here and not be here. You've got to be in the moment. Denise shared with me. She said to me one time, you know what? I, I would like to go see Celine Dion in concert. I said, why, babe? You have CDs. Why do we have to go to see Celine Dion in concert. She said, I would like, that's, that's, what, that's on my wish list, to see Celine Dion in concert. Our anniversary was coming up. I said, that would be a great anniversary gift. So I went online. I found out, where is she in concert? Found out she's in concert at that particular time in Las Vegas, Nevada. So I began to check the price of the tickets and thought, oh, ouch. Oh, my goodness. I contemplate, this is our anniversary. She wants to do it, so I'm going to buy. So I bought us tickets. I didn't buy tickets in the nosebleed section. We weren't in the front, but we had good tickets. And, and, and they were not inexpensive, can I tell you? So I bought the tickets. That means I have to buy flights. That means I have to buy, I have to secure a hotel. We could have gone to see the Dallas Cowboys cheaper. But she wants to go. She wants to, he wants to go here, Celine Dion. We had tickets the night of our anniversary. Our anniversary night. I, I take her. We walk in, and Denise kind of dressed up a little bit nice, you know. We walked in. We went down to the seats, and she was pleasantly surprised with the seats that we had. Yes, yes, we were there. People were filing in. They, we were waiting for the concert to start. She reaches over, sitting next to her, and she grabs my hand and squeezes it. Oh, it was a special moment. She looks at me. Her face is glowing. Her eyes look into my eyes, and I could see her eyes dancing with, with, with delight. And she said, and she smiles, what are you thinking about right now? Right now? 
You want to know what I'm thinking about right now? Yes, I want to know what, what are you thinking about right now? I'm wondering how much it costs to air condition this big room. Honey, I think this size of the church, I know what our electric bill is. Can you imagine how expensive it is in Las Vegas? This is a hot place. I'm just curious, what does it cost to air condition the electric bill in this building? And I could see she wilted. I mean, I think she was expecting me to think of me thinking about when we got married those years before. I was thinking about how expensive it was to air condition the building. Here's what I'm saying. You can be in a moment and you can miss the moment. You can be in a moment and miss the moment. You can be in church and not entertain the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can be in the house of God and miss the most important guest, and that is God himself. You can be around a crowd of believers and say hello to this one and wave at that one and miss the visitation that God has. And the Bible says, and as he approached, as he moved into the atmosphere of worship, guess what? Then the Spirit of God came powerfully upon him. I'm going to invite the same thing today. Westover, I'm going to invite you to know and experience the power of the Holy Spirit in a special way. So right now, would you put down your electronic device, put down your print Bible, and we're going to worship. In the balcony and main floor, would you stand together with me? And we're going to move into God's presence. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. You're moving in an atmosphere of worship. I'm going to invite us, fellas, let's move into worship. Fellas, at the, at, let's just, let's begin to hear the sound, if you please, of, of worship, the heart of God appealing us. You don't have to sound like me. I'm not saying do it my way. I'm saying from your heart in the most sincere way, move into worship. If you'd like to worship in the front, if you'd like to step out and down and come in the altar, you're welcome to do that. Let's worship. Let's worship. Let's worship. Speak to me when the silence hears my voice. You understand me. You understand me. And come to me in the valley of unknown. You understand me.
Now watch this, it says May look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you I'll fight my battles Yeah This is how I'll fight my battles Oh, 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 oh This is how I'll fight my battles Yeah Oh, this is how I'll fight my battles Ha! Come on, sing it out to me, look! Me look like you and I thank you God we're going to declare God we're going to worship you we call this a worship center for a reason God it's not a meeting hall it's not a lecture hall it's a worship center and we dedicate ourselves as spirit filled people to move into spirit filled worship bless your people God enrich their lives in Jesus name amen amen the prayer team is going to be at the front if you'd like somebody to pray with you and for you. Otherwise, feel free to be dismissed. God bless you. Go in the goodness of the Lord.